Greg Dutcher sitting across from me. Greg, what's going on, man? Christmas time, man. It is. I got Brian Adams in my head. <laughs> Cheesy song, something about Christmas time. I, I don't know the line. See the tears in the old folks' eyes or something like that. That, that should be our intro. But uh, love it, man. Just, you know me. I love Christmas. What we played last year. Yeah, that's true. That's good. Just keep <laughs> that recycling. That's that right. Thing. Thanks to uh, Josh Mitchell who put that together for yeah, us. Yeah, Josh, man. Wonder kid. Wonder kid. Uh, so, Greg, it. we have a super special sponsor this time. We do, man. Today we are sponsored by Gut Check Podcast. The Gut Check Podcast and Publishing House. That's right. Kind of one and the same. Zachary Bartles, Ted Cluck, they're paying premium top dollar for this Christmas spot. I mean, this dude is kind of like the Super Bowl for our podcast. That's season. right. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to reveal how much, but it might be in the neighborhood of five to ten grand <laughs> per spot uh, that they're dropping. But check out Gut Check. Their podcast is terrific. It's Ted and Zach. Uh, just have an incredibly spontaneous, fresh conversation um, that is uh, almost as good as these go to 11. No, is maybe even better. <laughs> I was um, say. <laughs> but uh, very, very good. And, dude, uh, Gut Check Publishing. Yeah. Which puts out, obviously, the what Christian Gentleman Smoker's Guide mm-hmm. and some, so many of the books we've referenced before. Uh, so make sure to check them out. Gut Check. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of gut check, we do have another guest back on with us today, Zach Bartle. Zach, how are you doing today, man? Oh, man, tis the season. You know what I mean? Yes. It is. Great. It tis. is. And, um, you know, one of the... <laughs> <laughs> tis, man. We're, I, I bet we could make that thing take flight. Tis? Yeah, tis, man. Tis. How many times do you have to say that word before it sounds really weird? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I better not say anything else. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you put, like, remember the 90s, you would put is in a word? Remember that? Yeah. The only person that, that would do that. I remember painting with a bunch of guys, like, don't you pass me to piz ain't? Yeah. So we could do tis is. Because, <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, I kind of have a way of bringing back the phrases that the young people used to use and make them fresh again. The young people when you Including were young. Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Word up, man. Word. Wasn't wasn't Carmen famous for using like Word oh, Up or something gosh, like that? Man. What wasn't Carmen famous for, dude? Wow. Uh, oh man, there's so many things I want to say now that you mentioned Carmen. Uh <laughs> so many things. Uh Zach, it's so great to have you back on. Uh one of the things that we want to highlight, it is uh it is Christmas time. That time of the year, you actually have written um, a book with two short stories in it. Uh, Go ahead and tell us about that. Tell our audience about that because um, this is being released uh, second week of December or first full week of December. And so, you know, it's going to be early enough. People will be able to go out and do some Christmas shopping. So uh, talk to us a little bit about that book. Um, Well, it's two short stories that reprise some of the characters from – uh, my my novels, my uh, suspense novels, uh, and they're both set in Detroit, and they're both set at Christmas time, and they're really heartwarming things. Uh, like one of them involves, um, let's see, drug dealers and arson <laughs> and uh, <laughs> gunfights, and the other one's like a, a story of a grift uh, that takes place at. Uh, it's called uh, what did I call it? Playing Saint Nick. Yeah, because I have a book right. called Playing Saint. Playing Saint. Um, so it's kind of uh, they're they're uh, just sort of a little gift to my readers because uh, you can get them for like a couple bucks on Amazon 
and uh, people have liked them. Uh, and, you know, you just pick those up and then click over to where you can buy the the novels that spin out of those stories and then buy those. And then what you want to do is put them on a stack on your desk (laughs) (laughs) with intentions of reading them. Um, And that's what it's all about. Yes. Zach, as I was going to say, I don't know why Nathan asked you to describe your books and short stories. (laughs) Dude, I can do it right now. Um, I have benefited. I'm still, look, and I shouldn't say that by the time this podcast is released, we might have to do an addendum, dude. <laughs> Probably not. <Yeah. laughs> you know, short stories are, by definition, real quick to read. No, man. I've got, but hey, you, you tell me this, Zach. It, are the short stories that, that are based on your books, right? Uh, uh, Playing Saint and the Last Con, correct? Mm hmm. Are the I mean, do they have to be read? Uh, like, should you read the novel first to appreciate the short story? Is the short story a good window into the novel? Right. The short story is supposed to uh, grab you and make you want to read the novels. There you go. There you go. Well, I'm just going to readjust my stack, man. And uh, I, we're going to do an addendum. It's <laughs> uncomfortable, but okay. I'm proclaiming it now. There's an addendum coming out. You'll hear at the end of this podcast where Greg Dutcher shares his literary insights as a critic into Zach's books. Um, but, That'll take all of five minutes, yeah. folks. <laughs> I'm pretty verbose. I don't know. Man. That that might go on for, for some time. Zach, let me can, ask can you. Can I say the name of it? I forgot to say the name. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would help. A professional over here is what I am. <laughs> it's, I've, been, I've been swilling eggnog because yeah. uh, early December. That's and, right. Uh, I'm, I'm looking out at the, the snow falling gently in the fields outside of my <laughs> yes. window. Um, it's called uh, God Rest Ye Motor City. Oh, that's yes. right. Sweet. And so that's that's what you want to look for on, on Amazon. Uh, or or if you sign up for my newsletter, I send it to you for free. Oh. Excellent. There you go, man. Zach, thank right. you. We'll get that in what's called the show notes. That's right. Correct, Nathan? Yep. We'll put that all in there. Hey, let me uh, let me ask this right out of the gate, Zach. Um because this, I, I had two dawning aha moments. I mean, I'm, I'm 46 years uh, old. And as embarrassed as I am to admit that I've been obsessed with Christmas tradition music since I was a little kid. Uh, as I told you, Nathan, September 1st. Yep. I used to drive my parents nuts. And my house, I mean, we're talking early 80s. Stranger Things era. I, um, <laughs> I would get the Andy Williams Christmas music out. Uh, you know, the album, the mm-hmm. old record on the phonograph and play that on September 1st, which my parents thought was really weird. But I just loved it, man. Love Christmas. But even though I have all that um, interest in Christmas and traditions, Zach, uh, it was only about three years ago. I'm driving somewhere to the mall. It's around Christmas. They're playing music all the time. And I hear the uh, Jackson 5 version of I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. And it dawned on me that Santa's dad seriously i'm like 43 years old and i i texted lisa my wife and i said lisa is this and she was like oh my word are you serious i mean are you seriously asking me that question i said it just at least it's it's like i felt like shouting from the mountaintops and then honestly like at the time my six-year-old told me oh dad it's his father I said, yeah, I, I somehow missed that in my Greg. entire adult life. So, so, can I ask you a question? Yeah, about? yeah. 
So clearly, it's just not like a single mom situation in this in this song. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's not like the kid hoped that Santa was going to become. <laughs> so basically, this kid is like scarred. Right. Yes. yes. I saw my mom being intimate with someone who's <laughs> my dad. Yeah. And if not the dad, what did you think the song was about? Yeah, man. I, I guess I, I'm going to say it, Zach. I guess I thought the mom was a floozy. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I'm thinking, this is a bad mom here. She's making out with a bearded old guy that broke into her house. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of a straight – yeah, you Lisa said all those same things, Zach. Like, well, what did you – I said, in my defense, I never really thought about it, you know? And then I was thinking, oh, my goodness, it must be the dad. That was an incredible moment, which was uh, a little bit uh, arresting. The other one is dumb, but not quite as dumb, Zach. That's – see my professional transition <laughs> and my lead You go in. from worst to best. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's hard to – you can't get any worse than I was. Um the uh, oh, what's what's the song that's got scary ghost stories in it? What what Christmas song is that? Uh, uh, most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. Yes, there'll be tales of the glories and scary ghost stories, mm-hmm. etc. And I remember thinking, what? There's no ghost stories at Christmas. Of course, there is. <laughs> right, Christmas Carol. Right. So, did you always know that? I did. Oh, did you know that, Zach? No, I thought that that was an odd, like you, back when people roasted chestnuts, they would also just be like, eh, we're on a fire. Why not also tell some ghost stories? Yeah. yeah. I'm with- okay. Okay. See, Zach's with me on there that. You so you, I, it never dawned on me. I thought it's probably a Christmas Carol mm-hmm. reference. I'm assuming. There were, there were though a lot of ghost stories integrated oh, throughout Christmas time. Like Krampus? There, yeah. There, there are a lot of things like that that are kind of integrated through Christmas that has been lost over the years. To our more Americanized. Um, so it, it is more than just that one right. story. And yeah. think about like uh, Black Peter, like this, the East, Eastern European or, or Saxon or right, whatever. Yeah. He comes and steals your soul and, right. instead of giving you presents. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm going to do Christmas. It. I'm going to do that with my kids this year. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Terrified. If you them. don't get anything, you're breaking even. You uh, may actually lose your soul. Yeah. So if you come down, there's nothing under the tree. You're going to live for another day and celebrate and be happy. Um, and and don't complain that there weren't any any presents. That is forget that is Elf funny. on a shelf. Yeah, no, where's your soul? Dude, if that's not the biggest marketing thing I've ever seen, man. I mean, Elf on the shelf. My kids years ago asked me that, like, Dad, when you said there was no Elf on a shelf when I was a kid. Some Madison, you know, uh, you know, Avenue exec came up with that ten years ago uh, as a way to continue to to sell little plastic elves. But mm-hmm. um, man, was well, that you know what? Tell us some of your um, like uh, in the Bartles household. Give us your Christmas. Are you guys big Christmas people? Are you kind of uh, reserved? Reserved about it? How, how how do you guys go about it? Well, you know. We ever since having a, a child, we've kind of bounced back. Yeah, I think there may have been a year when it was just you know me and my wife when we were busy and we put up the tree like very very shortly before like like three days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's uh, Black Friday. Yeah, or the day after we put all the decorations out. We decorate the tree, and I've got I've got decorations from when I was like four years old back in the early early eighties, and and. Uh, uh, I've got uh, we, we we do the uh, pickle 
Are you familiar with the pickle? Oh, yeah. No. That's actually a Baltimore thing, Greg. I'm surprised you're not really? familiar with that. Yeah. I don't know. It. Tell me about it, man. You, you take – it's not an actual pickle because that would, that would be, uh, you know, noxious Weird. to the nose. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's like a, a ceramic or like – actually, I think it's kind of a glass pickle yep. ornament. And you hide it and, and the little kid's got to find it. Um, oh. And then when he finds it, even though our advent calendar is full of like so much – candy that he's you know constantly high for the entire (laughs) season uh he also gets additional candy for finding the the pickle and i am you guys i am so over the top indulgent with with christmas presents my wife is always trying to like slow me down yeah um i'm getting him everything i wish i would have gotten as a kid which i didn't need and my parents were wise and good (laughs) not to get it for me yeah and I and I'm just like, nope. He needs this. He needs this. He needs this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, same here, man. I love it. I love yeah. it. I, yeah. It is. I mean, you, you see how easy it is to spend too much money, to go way over the top. Um, and I don't know about you, Zach. My my buddy Matt Smith, who is a f- pretty regular guy on, on this podcast, we became friends. We were about thirteen or fourteen. So. Christmas is between 13 and 18 before we went off college and all that, where you kind of compare what you got. I mean, man, I got gypped. Matt, <laughs> Matt's stack was huge. You know, in Breaking Bad parlance, it would be fat stacks. Yo. Fat stacks, yeah. Fat, mad volume, yo, and fat stacks. But um, he just got ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, I'd be wearing like this L.L. Bean sweater when I was like 16. That was like an expensive gift. That my mom got me, and maybe I actually wanted it, dating myself there a little. <laughs> and, like, Matt would get four of those things, and they were, like, his stocking stuffers, you know? <laughs> and then it was, oh, my goodness, whatever the electronic was and everything. So Walkman, pa- probably, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> that 1984 Sony Walkman. Um, so there's that sense in which kids get this stack of stuff. And you know how it is. It's kind of like, you know, your kid comes home and tells you, hey, my best friend's got the iPhone when am I going to get an iPhone? You know, my friend has got such and such. When do I get it? Christmas can I don't know, be a little stressful sometimes in that regard. Um, Have you seen the video of the girl who gets like the wrong iPhone and flips out on her parents? No. Crying yes. and yelling and stuff. Oh, wow. Yes, it I makes me so that. angry. Oh, man. That's incredible. So wait a minute. Like the parents actually post this somewhere? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but they seem like too. contrite. Like, I'm so sorry we didn't get you the right iPhone. We'll make this right. Oh, wow. Have you heard the uh, Tim Hawkins comedy about that where he's like talking about his younger daughter? And, yes. You know, you, you didn't get me the one with, you know, the 4,000 or, you know, 40,000 song upload. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, honey, I'm not here for you to like. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. Again, Black yeah. Peter is nowhere to be seen. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I know you need Black Peter, Krampus, one of these these anti Santas to get in there and start, you know, evening the playing field a little bit. Yeah, it is um it is I will say it's stressful. I mean we've got we got four and what we found that happens is as they age, you really gotta keep close watch of what you're gonna spend. Yeah. Because when they're little I mean, you can get 10 gifts that are basically a pile of crap. Oh, yeah. Like G.I. Joe's or something. It's like five bucks a pop. Exactly. Or- and they love it. You know, they're tearing into it and stuff. And then they get older. They want less because those less things cost <laughs> hundreds of dollars. And, uh, you know, you start trying to pace out your budget. And, you know, we always say if we start shopping in February, we, we should be fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, going into uh, into December. No, not 
not not quite that. But um, so so tell us is that like what do you guys do story wise? You're a, a master of words, a spinner of tales. Uh, is that part of your uh, your Christmas lore there at the Bartles household? Like what? <laughs> do, I, do I tell my son like special stories? <laughs> You know what? Oh, I, I've got something. Actually, listen, I, I don't spin the lore, but yeah. every every year now for at least 15 years, um, my family, which for the last eight has been the three of us before that, just me and my wife, um, have listened to a book on CD. There you go. I, I still I'm, I, I still buy CDs because yeah. I like the physicality of it. Um, and, and we always listen to and we start. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and we just slowly dole it out, and it's called Skipping Christmas by John Grisham. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what uh, Christmas with the Cranks was based yeah, on? That's of? what it was based on. Yeah. Uh, nope, Christmas with the Cranks doesn't exist in my world. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> if right, I ever man. saw Tim Allen, I mean, I was a fan of uh, Home Improvement, yeah. but I would punch him in the nose yeah. for that. That's, <laughs> I, I will not see it. I've never seen it. Uh, but the book is spectacular, and we used to always uh, listen to that on the drive. Because you, you know how when you get married, you start with like the intention of, all right, this year it's uh, Thanksgiving with this side and Christmas with this side. Yes. And you're thinking you're going to get – and so we would always be driving back and forth a whole bunch. And so in the car, we'd knock out this whole book on CD. Yeah. And now we listen to it sitting by the fire at home a little bit, sometimes in the car. It's really a fun tradition because it's hilarious and we literally can quote incredibly long sections of it. That's nice. awesome. That's awesome. Grisham's a great author of comedy. He's written a few things that, yeah. that are funny and I honestly think he's more talented with that than he is with the uh, the legal thriller. The legal thriller. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever read his, I mean it wasn't uh, humor per se, but uh Oh, what was it called, Zach? It was uh, based on like a little country home on a farm in the 50s. Um, hmm, not ringing a bell. Neither. Oh, it's a, a painted house. Did you ever read that? Uh-uh. That's, that, that's, that's, that is a um, – I've read that on vacation. I just picked it up because I saw it in uh, the bookstore or something, and it was on the big discount bin. It's a cool story. It's, it's kind of I, – I heard him talk about it. It's a little autobiographical, I think. But he just paints this – not much happens in the book, but he paints this little farm in Nebraska or somewhere or wherever it was in like 1951 um, and what life was like growing up and the way they had to prepare for the winter. And uh, they would listen to Stan Musial who was uh, you know, the famous uh, – what, St. Louis Cardinal who was kind of a – you know in that era of the Mickey Mantles and Joe DiMaggio's, he was kind of the, the, the big deal. And it's just one of those great uh, word picture books where you feel like you're there. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, um, I found Grisham's legal stuff, like many authors, getting a little formulaic mm-hmm. uh, after a while where you can kind of predict uh, you know, where, where the twist is going to be. But, yeah, he's, he's a talented writer, no doubt. And, uh, yeah, Skipping Christmas is the name of the book then. Don't read it before you read my – you know, don't even write it down. Right. <laughs> well, I've got one called Skipping Bartles that, um, you know, to me is a more powerful Christmas approach, you know. And it, it's, a, it's, it's a quick experience. You know, you, you, what you do is you, you kind of think about Zachary Bartles and then you stop thinking about it. And I found – no, that's terrible, man. He's our guest, Nathan. <laughs> 
is crazy to do this on a Christmas episode. Um, so what about some of the uh, more traditional stuff, Zach? Do you guys do like the, the night before Christmas or or uh, Christmas Carol or any of those things? Or um, um, No, not yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, I, my, I have another tradition. I read every single year the Sunday closest to Christmas. In my church, we still do the old school like children's sermon, like all the little kids come up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like reach in my pockets and find some lint or something. <laughs> I'm like, here's the spiritual lesson here. Um, but the Sunday closest to Christmas, I pull out this big uh, picture book that I bought years ago. Um, called Samson the Silly Looking Sock Monkey. Oh. (laughs) And I do it with these, like, insane voices, like, over the top, like I'm on crack. And it gets more and more, like, like intense and exaggerated every year. And so now I've got, you know, I've been at this church 11 years. This will be my 12th Christmas here. So now I've got uh, teenagers and even, like, people in college who were, and out of college. Now I think, like, I've got guys in their mid-20s who would still early twenties would still come up for the children's sermon when I got here. Wow! And they will come up on that Sunday. <laughs> no way! Nice. So I, yeah, they're, they're coming up. So I've got like kids, a ring of kids on the on the steps up to the chancel. Then I got like a ring of young adults who for this for them this is part of Christmas. And I pull it out, and it's a story about uh, the toys that are there around the Christmas tree, and they're all obsessed with who's the best gift. And then. The angel at the top of the tree uh, just loses it and explains how it's all not about them as gifts. It's about Jesus, the gift. And oh. it's it's hilarious. I've got voices for uh, the the baby, the bulldog and the uh, choo-choo train and Dee Dee, the dancing doll. Yeah, that, that's that's nice. a fun tradition. I, that- I tried to let that die last year and there was like a, there was an uprising. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, you've got to put that in book form so I can add it to my stack. Um, seriously, no, it's, in, it's in book form. I didn't write it. It's it's an actual. It's oh, an actual... oh, it's okay. I thought this was your creative tale. So, what is this called? It's what the sock monkey, Samson the silly looking sock monkey. Let me see if it's still in print. Um, I, in my studio here, I have the capability to get on uh, the internet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is you know we spared no expense putting this together. Here it is. Yeah, well, you can get one for one cent, so it has a lot in copy yeah. with, in, in common with my books. <laughs> Uh, it's by Scott Burroughs, who who uh, illustrated it, and Christy Burroughs, who who wrote it. And uh, so I guess I assume that's probably either a couple or a brother and sister. And it's really funny. You should get a hold of that. It's a penny well spent, and read it to your grandkids. Man, that's awesome. Nice. Nathan, let's we'll put that in the show notes. That's right. Let's put a link to that book, but not Zach's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and see how that uh, see how that goes. No, that's uh, that's awesome, man. D- uh, let me ask you this: Have you read? I'm um, um, again blanking on titles today. But what is the uh, c- the more modern Christmas book that's so popular that uh, they made the movie with um, Tom Hanks and they're on the train and they're going to oh, see right. Express? Yeah, that yeah. takes place up here in Michigan, in, in Grand Rapids, where I lived for uh, 10 years. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's a really cool uh, picture book with great art. Yeah, I've seen the movie about 150 million times, too, because my son was obsessed with trains, as all little boys are, yes. for several years. That's a funny movie. Yes, yes. Tell me about that book, because I, I, to my discredit, I've not watched the movie from beginning to end or read it. Well, it doesn't make that much sense, the this book itself. Yeah. It's just that it has really, really beautiful, hyper-realistic paintings. Yes. Um, it's about a kid in Grand Rapids who 
uh, wakes up. He doesn't believe in Santa. He's, he's starting to be on like the verge of not believing in Santa. And so the Polar Express comes along, picks him up from like there's no train tracks, but it picks him up in front of his house and then brings him to the North Pole. And there he meets Santa and receives like a, a totem of some kind. Uh, and then it, it's kind of uh, dark at the end. Yeah. Uh, and it was, I think, a little controversial because they're on their way back and the train gets hijacked by uh, Black Peter. Oh, and <laughs> eats everybody's soul. I mean, it's, it's a bloodbath. Wow, man. That's like one of those old 80s uh, Christmas horror movies, yeah. remember? <laughs> right. Which... Christmas sleigh. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Zach Nathan does a uh, another podcast with uh, I dude. know yes uh, and I'm uh, Nathan Bartleball yeah and of course they do pop culture ninja yeah and uh, remember he told us that he's a film critic yeah. I never realized that there's a whole like subgenre of, of Christmas slasher movies yeah. Silent Night Deadly Night yes <laughs> we used to watch that when I was in like fifth grade we'd like go to this one friend's house whose mom was completely just checked out and we'd watch it on VHS. <laughs> Isn't that where Santa is killing people on Christmas Eve or something? Yeah. And the yeah, Santa snaps. Yes, and I thought, okay, there's one. He said, no, no, there's a whole like subgenre yeah. of that kind of movie. Yeah. And I said, man, Merry. There's Christmas. one called Jack Frost. Yes, um, and and you know, there's a movie called Jack Frost with Michael Keaton doing the voice, which yes. is not what I'm talking about. This one's like a B movie straight to VHS. Um, and and like the, the somehow the snowman comes to life and just starts killing people. And then I found out later that the guy who wrote that, that like turd of a script, also <laughs> wrote one of my favorite um, thrillers, which is called Identity. It's got like John Cusack and a bunch of like oh, legit people in it. Yeah. It's a really good story. But he also did this uh, this B-movie slasher Christmas deal. Jack wow. Paul. I, I assume he did Identity second. Yeah. I, th I think yeah. he was like, <laughs> uh, just getting his contacts and his money in line during yeah, that three days. Yeah, I think I remember that identity movie. Now that you mentioned, did you see that, Nathan? I think so. With uh, you know, when you say Cusack, that that uh, that stands out. Yeah, I, that's uh, no. My sense of that uh, Polar Express book, and I haven't read it. Was I remember somebody telling me that it because you um, obviously before you got the Black Peter, there's Zach said that there is kind of a dark tone to that book. I've been told. And uh, is it does it have sort of a depressing ending or what am I missing? No, no. I, well, I don't know. I think I think yeah. I, I, I'm going to get the book completed completed rather with the movie because I've I've seen the movie way more times. At yeah. the end of the movie, spoiler alert, everybody. In case you you know you haven't seen it, um, <laughs> like everybody, he, he he like gets home and he believes in Santa again. Uh, but then slowly he like explains how everybody stops believing and they can't hear the magic bell he's been given. And it, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a bit bleak yeah. uh, about losing your childhood uh, and your and your your faith and 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 becoming too grown up. Yeah. And you lose the magic. And, and, and don't they portray Zach? Maybe this is the scene I've seen in the movie that the North Pole, my, my memory of it, it has this very kind of. Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania industrial town feel. Yeah, but but like idyllic, like nineteen fifties kind of. Yeah, era. right, uh -huh. right. Yeah, so it's not like the Rudolph North Pole. Right. Uh, no, it's it's a factory. Really, it's very advanced. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Did you see it, dude? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I saw it a while ago. Because yeah. I remember one. Also, one of the complaints is Santa seemed a little psychotic in that movie. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, yeah. Tom Hanks does all of the voices. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and except for the kid. And so like uh, Samson, Sam, Samson's uh, the, the silly looking, the, the sock monkey is still in my head. Uh, Samson, <laughs> yeah. again, Santa's voice. You guys, I've been drinking a lot of eggnog. Yeah. And it's really, now, Santa's voice is like Tom Hanks voice, but like lowered by like, like digital or like slowed down. Yeah. So it's really off putting and scary. Yeah. yeah. My, my earliest memory of that, that movie is I, I was I'm sitting in my my study at the church right now on my day off because uh, this is the best place to podcast for me. Yeah. Uh, and I was sitting right here when my son was about two ish and he was just getting really into trains yeah. and I had to do some work because it was Christmas time. I had him in a high chair eating. They were called puffs. Little yes. Yep. Things eating those and I had like a TV. Uh, we had just started letting him watch TV because he was like two and a half or something. Uh, and I had the Polar Express on. And he's watching and he's loving it. And then all of a sudden it gets to this like 3D point of view, like really, really intense, like going down out of control down a hill. Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. just flipped out. Oh. My son was just like, ah! And I didn't, you know, I, I turned it off and he didn't see it again for maybe a year or a year and a half. But then he eventually became obsessed with it. Right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That is always an off-putting feeling when your kid and you realize it's your fault because you, you let him see it. <laughs> is terrified by something yes. and uh, sometimes I want to stop it, but it takes too much effort to get off the couch and get the remote. So I say the it's Lord, will... just be like, shut up. Yeah, hey. no, yeah. I say the Lord will get him through that in time. Um, Builds character. Yeah. <laughs> of course, what you're not saying is that the movie that in question is silent night, deadly night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that wrong? Yeah. Um, the, um, the uh, the other thing that I'll mention since it came up, Zach, you're a great guy to talk about this. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but I was watching with my younger two, I think last Christmas or the one before, because uh, I still dig, just because of my childhood memories, the Claymation, uh, Bass Rankin, yeah. uh, Rudolph, what was it, Frosty? Yeah. What, there were like three or four oh, of those. Yeah, they did, did a bunch of them. And it was the, the, uh, the Rudolph one. And do, do you guys have this memory? I didn't notice it as a kid as much. But Santa is like a total jerk. Oh, yeah. So Everyone you, at the North Pole is like a total D-bag. They're jerks, man. The, 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 the moral to all of those is always awful. Yes. Like, he, he, until he's useful, the <laughs> fact that he's different, he, he's a complete pariah. Yeah. Then he's useful, and people are like, oh, well, if it is in my best interest to, to treat you like a, a you know sentient being with feelings, I will. And nobody <laughs> ever condemns it. They're always just like, oh, good thing you did that. That is so true. Great point, Zach. See, this is the kind of insight we get. That's right. By bringing on Zach Bartles with Gut Check onto this podcast. I never thought of that. You're right. He un, Until he's useful, he's worthless. Um, and isn't that what, – what else is that? That's true in – well, you guys probably don't remember. There was a B version that ripped off the Rudolph story called Nestor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember long Nestor the long-eared donkey? <laughs> they were like, hey, man, we made Rudolph work so well. Yeah. Let's just have a donkey with long ears instead of a reindeer with a red nose. It, but wasn't the donkey like the one that carried it, that Mary carried Mary something? into Bethlehem? Yeah. Oh, which, that's so sad. I, I, I barely re- I've forgotten all about that. But yeah, you remember Nestor, and it was the same kind of thing. Nestor gets rejected because his ears are long, but then at the end, he's able to carry Mary. And now that one was a little more sentimental because Mary says something like, "Oh, he's just perfect, dear." And peacefully rides in while she's in writhing agony in the <laughs> We're in heaven labor. too. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now and, it's like they should come out with a sequel where like Nestor's like son or grandson is the one that carries Jesus 
into the uh, city. Yes, yeah. they should, man. They there should. And and they did the little drummer boy too, didn't yeah. they? I hate yeah. the little drummer boy <laughs> so much. Doesn't make any sense. So stupid. That's my least favorite. Not. I have four Christmas songs I can't stand. I don't know if you guys listen to the Happy Rant. They always have talk about this. Yeah. And and, and uh, I always get on Twitter and start tweeting about it at this time of year because I hate them so much. Yeah. Little Drummer Boy is one of them. Yeah. It makes me so angry. I just want to I, – I, I would honestly break the Little Drummer Boy's drum. If I, <laughs> if was, give me that smack. Um, you'd be like, well, I wanted to play it for Jesus. I'd be like, all right, you don't exist, and Jesus doesn't want to hear a drum. He's a newborn baby. I mean, honestly, do you ever see people drumming near little newborn children? Uh, then I hate simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Who sings that? Oh, isn't that Paul McCartney? Yes. Yeah. I hate John Lennon's. Uh, what's his one? Oh, uh, uh, so this is Christmas. So this is. I'm with you, dude. Keep going. You're on a roll. Um, and then I hate uh, this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for me. Is that what it Stevie is? Stevie Wonder, isn't it? Okay. But this Christmas. Well, maybe yeah, that's not Stevie Wonder. It is. And I love Stevie Wonder, but I hate that song. Uh, and and yeah. as soon as I identified those as like the five songs I hate, anytime it's Christmas time and I'm in the mall, that's what's on. You never <laughs> hear like Park the Herald Angels sing or anything. Anymore. You just hear that schlock. Uh, dude, I, last year, Zach. We have to harken back to we did a Christmas music episode, which we're going to do this year too. Yep, be one of these uh, these four this month. But um, yeah, we we spent the a good amount of time. We are with you on ripping the little drummer boy. <laughs> like I remember um, Jill uh, uh, Jill Dempsey goes to the church who doesn't like any public attention. Jill Dempsey. Um, she um, <laughs> here's her Facebook. Yeah, right. Yeah, look her up, everyone. Jill Dempsey. She Put it said. In the show notes. Um, she, I remember, because, dude, I let this slip, uh, what, about two or three years ago. I, I can say this again, can I, Nathan? Oh, yeah. I'm not criticizing anybody on our music team, although I don't think they're here anymore. But I'm not criticizing anybody on our music team. Something I normally check. Uh, we use Planning Center, right? Yeah. They upload everything. And and uh, they just, <laughs> they did the Little Drummer Boy as one of our songs. <laughs> Um, like a so, congregational, like everyone's singing. Con- oh yes, congregational song. <laughs> no. And dude, I mean, the, the funniest thing to me is that our eight thirty service, which is uh, tends to be our our grayer haired service, to see a slide in the front of the sanctuary that just has the words "pa rum pum 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 <laughs> rum pum pum pum," and see these like seventy five year olds sort of staring at it awkwardly and not saying anything. Was, good for them. I, I agree. Right, not to say anything. It was a beautiful moment, and like Jill came to me afterwards and said, "Greg," I said, "Yeah, Jill, I, that was a slip. I shouldn't let." She goes, "I mean, I'm not saying it's terrible or anything, but I, I just couldn't sing it because because it it well because it didn't happen." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yeah, that, that's sort of one of the problems." Like, um, he doesn't exist. You, you were almost expecting the little bouncy ball to bounce across <laughs> the screen, you know, from the sing along. <laughs> Dude, it was man, it was something. Of course, we made all kinds of charismatic jokes. To all due respect to our charismatic listening audience, um, yeah, because we had the parumpa pum pum up there, and uh, yeah, that that song, dude, has got to be one of the dumbest songs. Although a guy years ago who's a good, solid believer, this guy's in ministries, he's uh, told me, and I was aghast that that's not just his favorite <laughs> his favorite Christmas song; it's his favorite song of all time. <laughs> So Zach, do you want to? You, you remember that? Like, do you want to comment on that, Zach? Uh, 
What uh, I, sh- I don't know who it is, so yeah. I don't I don't want to burn that bridge. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say anything. Right? Best well, not to say anything. I plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm going to tell you the guy's Ted Clark, uh, who was the one who, who told me that. So you know, uh, but if he, you would have uh, said John Piper, I would have been right on board. I don't know yeah. about the, uh, the Christmas like burlap sacks. Yeah. That, that sounds like it would make sense. Yes, yes. Uh, well, it is um, fleece sack or whatever. It, it is terrible. The other song I would throw in there, maybe I cannot stand. I think it's Gloria Estefan's "Christmas Through Your Eyes." I remember I was driving somewhere with my father-in-law, uh, who passed away a few years ago. I always think of this when I hear it. We're driving somewhere, and he just kind of says, "Hey, Greg, could you change that channel?" And I was, "Oh," he said. I said, "You don't like Christmas music?" He goes. That's the dumbest song I've ever heard. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I want to see Christmas through your eyes. I don't know. What I've never that heard that. I don't think. Yeah. Do you, do you know that song, Nathan? I don't think so. It's a sl- I, I bet if you heard it, probably you've heard it before. But it is. Uh, it's it's pretty dumb. Um, Can yeah. I throw two more in there, man? Please. I I hate. Um, no, here, here's what I used to like until I thought about it, and then I learned the origin of it. Yeah. Um, do you hear what I hear? Uh huh. And I remember I never really thought about what it meant. Um, and then and I, I liked it because it was in Gremlins, which is my second favorite oh, Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard, of course. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm absolutely. Red American dude. Man. But uh, th- I, I one day was just like, wait a minute. It was in my head. And I'm like, what, what is this even talking about? And so I Googled it. And it's basically like it came out of the Cuban Missile Crisis, and it's just about peace. And there's like one reference that might even be to the baby Jesus, but probably isn't. Wow. And it's not even it's not even really a Christmas song. It's just like a hippie, like dippy, baloney type song. And uh, it kind of ruined it for me. And now whenever I hear it, I'm just like, what a waste of a kind of a catchy melody. Dude, that's disappointing, man. Yeah, because that's not by any means my favorite, but it's I hear it of like I, I I've heard the third day version of it. We've got a little Christmas uh, mixtape at the Dutcher mm-hmm. House or whatever the the playlist version of that is. And, um, yeah, but you're right, isn't – because you do kind of notice, like you mentioned Hark the Herald, which is such an incredible song. Because, I mean, the gospel is so plain in it. That's what I love about it. You know, I yeah. mean, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Uh, it's just incredible. I remember singing that, hearing it before I was a Christian – and you, I look back on it and say, man, that's incredible. I mean, the content, you know, hail the incarnate deity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and just, a theology in there. Oh, yeah, and it's so good and it's so blatant. Uh, a Little Town, actually, even though it's kind of a cutesier children's type song, or at least that's the way it's portrayed today, it has some good stuff in there, too. Um, yeah. You know, uh, in terms of word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Doesn't, uh, do you hear what I hear? Isn't the only reference, like, he will bring us goodness and light? Uh, yeah, and there's something about a, a something to a king, shepherd king, maybe. I mean, yeah. that, maybe there's a reference there to to the son of David, and but I mean, yeah, it's all very vague and abstract and uh, tangential to the the actual song, just being basically like give peace a chance, only you know at Christmas. Yes. Well, let me give you Zach just really quick some real good, powerful theological content uh, since it came up. Good. Yeah. All right, that's Gloria Stefan, dumbest song ever, Christmas Eve. Okay. You've never heard that, guys? I, no. I had never heard that. The oh. only Gloria Stefan thing I could tell you about is uh, Congo. Yeah, which is better. <laughs> I, I'd rather hear that at Christmas, man. Congo right on through the uh, 
the uh, Express Line, but yeah, that's just terrible, stupid song. Conga. Uh, yeah, yeah, Conga. That's right. Conga, that's right. Yeah. The a, Congo is a whole different. Song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would that be the Belgian Congo, or used to be thirty years ago, or something? Miami Congo? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. That's that's good. Yeah, uh, no, I, I'm with you, man. I, we weren't planning to talk about that. You got any songs you want to throw in there, Nathan? You know, I'm sure there are, but I just don't listen to them, so I have no idea. What. Well, dude, we, we talked about this last year with Nathan Barleball, mm-hmm. the song and the powerful movie, The uh, the Christmas Shoes. Oh, yeah. Right, exactly. oh. I mean, Zach, that, don't you think, man, that... <laughs> That just is powerful. Uh, the, the the story, the song. I mean, would that Christian artistry continue? Well, it, and it, and as we talked about with Nathan, it wasn't bad enough that they made a movie based off of the song. They made a sequel they to did, the movie made that was based two. off of this song. So, man, I got to be careful. I got I got people in my family that love that song and lisa literally i mean digs her fingernails into my <laughs> knee because they're family members that bring that up about how they they can't have christmas without listening to that song watching <laughs> that hallmark movie and it's just it, that's doesn't that capture you know the <laughs> I, wow. you know i will say this just to kind of throw because i said this last year i do love the little drummer boy uh-huh. not as a congregational song yeah but um for me it was one of those songs that i remember growing up and listening to my mom uh, had the the record from the Vienna Boys Choir. So long before yeah. I even saw the claymation, yep. she would play that song, and I remember just listening to that. So for me, I I will play that as kind of yeah, I, I need to hear that or see that once at Christmas time for just my to stay in touch yeah, with your just, tradition, just the tradition, and you know, growing up with it. Yeah, um, Zach, do you want to rip them or should I? Because I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, I mean, whoever wants to jump into that melee. I'm, <laughs> I'm the, no, no, I'm kidding you, dude. I mean, who doesn't have a little bit of cheese? Oh, sure. In there? Well, I mean, I mean it's, you know, it's sentimental and yeah, it, it's tied in. Absolutely, um, Zach. You had said that there was another song, though. So, yeah. Do what do you, you guys think about uh, Mariah Carey and her grown-up Christmas wish? Oh yeah, is that her? I always think of that as Amy Grant. Oh, six of one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Maybe it is. Yeah, that's uh, my son. Um, who is an eighth grader this year. He was a seventh grader last year in his middle school choir. They sang that. And I remember talking to Ben about it. And I said, Ben, you know that, that I think you used the term earlier, hippy dippy. Mm. That, that that's what it reminds me of. I mean, to me, it's the, the Christmas equivalent of, uh, I'd like to buy the world a Coke, um, <laughs> you know, come with isn't a little it? polar bear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it basically is the same kind of, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess I have heard some people say, well, isn't that the picture of, um, you know, sort of the picture of, of a restored universe? There's there's no more war. These are the things that you would like. Um, and at know. Christmas time, we're going to sing about that without mentioning the guy who's going to bring that about. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I have you know, slight oversight, Zach, right? Slight oversight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's sort of the... The some of the effects of Jesus reign without Jesus, which is problematic. And hey, it sounds post millennial, oddly post millennial. Yeah. I don't know why it just does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> now is that reconstruction is post? Nah, we'll save that for another <laughs> another podcast. But um, I know what we could ask you, Zach. I, 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 at the beginning of this podcast, I was going to say this to stick with the author standpoint, a storyteller. Um, let me give you my premise, and uh, you tell me if you think I'm off base or not. 
uh, we read every year or we watch the George C. Scott version of um, Christmas Carol. I've told that, Nathan. By far the best version. Agreed. Agreed. By far, man. I I love just – I mean, our kids can even – they can start quoting the uh, lines. I love when when the Ghost of Christmas Present, who's played by the same dude that played the Equalizer in the 80s – um, yes, Bob Woodward, I think. Yes, when uh, he leans over at one point, where uh, George C. Scott goes, "Oh, it's rather a small." Yeah, this, and he goes, "That's all Bob Cratchit could afford." <laughs> um, love those lines, man. There's just just great stuff in there. But uh, we read it, we watch it, love the story because it is such a classic. And at the same time, does it teach <laughs> some of the worst theology in the world? Um, that it's basically a an anthem, this is my take, to works righteousness. Because uh, you've got Bob Marley's chain that grows with his sins. Mm-hmm. And Scrooge's chain is long, but he can reduce it by erasing those with acts of human kindness and charity. To, to my knowledge, I don't think there's a reference to Jesus. No, there is one. There is the one yeah. where... Um, I think it's in the book too. Yeah. Tiny We're, Tim Tiny wants Tim. to be reminded of yes. the one who made blind beggars walk. Right. Yeah, yes, and that's a great scene. You're yes. right. That's a, that's a well, great moment. But that's I mean, he he wasn't a Christian by any stretch. He, no. He was a deist. Yes, I, yeah. I think it's not works righteousness. So I think there's a gospel. It's just the wrong gospel. The gospel in the Christmas Carol is your sins are forgiven if you can quote unquote keep Christmas in your heart all year long. Yes, you do that, and you don't need to worry so much about individual acts of of righteousness. It's just that's that's the gospel, and and that and that was the gospel that was picked up in every '80s and '90s like Christmas special or very special episode of the Cosby Show yes. or whatever. Yes. It was yes. always you know you got to keep Christmas alive in your heart, yes. even even when it's not Christmas, and then. Yeah, then you might make it into uh, the pearly gates. Yes. No, I like that. That is the that is the gospel. You're right. Christmas in your heart throughout the year. And it was said old Ebenezer kept that mm-hmm. better than anyone and became another father to Tiny Tim. I mean, believe me, love the story. Yeah. I love the scene. To, where, to me, and oh, I mean, that was 1984 that was made. And George yeah. C. Scott, it, remember, he's like doing almost backflips on the bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, George I'll, C. Scott was a legend, man. Oh, oh yeah. man, incredible! Here, here's something though that that movie. When you even bring that up, you know what always gave me the Wiggins when uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present whips open his robe and he's oh, got yeah. the yeah. creepy, creepy <laughs> yeah. kid. Was that want yeah. and need or something? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he's like dude. cover them up, and you're like, were they like walking in step with him the whole time? I know, <laughs> I, mean, like, I know. They were under there, yeah. and then and then there's all sorts of questions like, should I call CPS? This right. guy's like, <laughs> did you ever, Zach? Did you ever watch Animaniacs? Oh yeah, I'm just recently started introducing my son to those. Nice. <laughs> so I think they've, I think they did a riff on that when they did their Christmas Carol thing, where the ghosts of. Uh, Christmas present goes to open his robe and all three of them, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot just kind of look away and they're like, no, no. no. <laughs> so I don't want to see, there's an old man opening up his robe in front of me. I never oh thought about God. that, man. All these years of doing it, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I. Um, that's that's the thing. It's It's such a powerful story. It's timeless. It's class. I mean, I've watched it a million times. And I've read it several times as well, and I, I, I never get tired of it. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what's coming. It's just such a, a great story. 
But uh, man, there is that sort of Victorian sentiment. Uh, yeah. The the Christmas of niceness. Yeah. And and kindness. What's interesting, if you guys have ever seen the Patrick Stewart version, um, about Salt halfway once, through yep. when he's when he's with the Ghost of Christmas Present, uh, Ghost of Christmas Present is taking him around to these different scenes, showing him essentially where Christ is in these places. And yeah. they're singing, huh. um, Oh, I think they're singing, Oh, come let us adore him. Huh? Um, and it's just, it's these people in coal mines who are going down and then he whisks them away to a prison and they're singing. And then he whisks them away to, uh, a group of sailors that are, you know, being thrown about in a storm. Um, and, and they're all, you know, singing, Oh, come let us adore him or something like it, it's, it's, I don't think it's Hark the Herald Angel sing. It might be, but um, it's, you know, one of the ones that's like clearly this is referring to Christ and where he is yes. in the midst of this. Interesting. I, I, I feel like I saw that one time. Now, I, none of us, though, have mentioned the, the pinnacle of those stories, uh, Scrooged with Bill Murray. <laughs> I mean, I think. I've never seen it. Oh. I, honestly, I've never seen it. I don't know why. Yeah. I've been told to see it. I've just never seen it. Yeah, I'd yeah. say it's, what was oh. that, dude? Like 88? Yeah, 89, yeah. I want to say. I, yep. I was like in freshman in college yep. or something. And, um, oh, I can't say it. We'd have to take it out in the post. Edit, but my <laughs> favorite line. You, when she hits him. When she hits him. Remember that? I love that scene. Dude, there's a scene where the ghost of Christmas past is played by, I think of her as Latka's wife on Taxi. If you ever saw that, if you ever saw that show, she, she's got the funny accent. She's yeah. got this ridiculously curly. She plays the old woman, Billy Crystal's wife in a princess. Bride. Yes, exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I love her. Yeah. Yes. She's great. Well, she... I think of her as being the mom on license to drive, which shows a slightly different era that I came up in. Okay. Yes. Bit. Yes. That's the, um, that's the actress. And she, <laughs> one point she hits Bill Murray <laughs> in the face with a toaster. And just when he comes to, he's like, man, the, hmm, hit me in the face with a toaster. <laughs> um, says a little more colorfully than that, but yeah, classic. But how pathetic is this, guys? I am such a sentimental sap, and Lisa makes fun of me because she's the emotionally stronger one and always has been. But uh, I watched that in the theater, and I cried at the end. I, unashamedly. Dude, I, he, cry in, I cry in every happy movie. I, I, have no, I have no filter. I don't even try. It's yes. like the only time I cry. That's awesome, dude. Hey, I once cried at Major League Two. I kid you not. <laughs> Oh, when Wild Thing came back yeah, out? Yeah, that's the scene. Yep. When yeah, it comes I, on I, the I'm mound. A... <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm undone, man. I'm like, I can't believe it. There's Charlie's coming back out there. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I love that Zach just rolled right with that. Good. Well, we covered a lot of ground. Was there anything uh, in here, Nathan, of worth? Uh, yeah, maybe. Christmas. I thought we were going to talk about Christmas sermons. I know. Yeah. Yeah, we were going to talk about, like, Christmas church tradition. And, I, and I've given some interesting Christmas sermons, but I guess we'll save that for 2007. No, no, do it, dude. Do it. Yeah, we, if, if you've got the time, Zach, we'd actually, we'd love to talk about it with you. Do it, man. Love to. Listen, my first Christmas I, I, here, which was my first Christmas as a, as a minister, I was just done with seminary, and I had, I had done a presentation on um, the the uh, Syrophoenician war and the background of the, the prophecy about uh, the, the virgin will conceive and, and, mm -hmm. and uh, give birth. And so I, I thought it'd be fun to kind of like twist the, the normal narrative. And so I preached a thing called <laughs> Christmas and the Syrophoenician war. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and people were just like, what? 
And and I thought maybe like they didn't like it, but then the next year a bunch of people came back and they and, and and people were asking me beforehand like what what kind of odd thing are you going to preach now on Christmas? So I preached yeah. something called Christmas and Sea Monsters, and it was out of Job. Yeah. Um, and then I, I've done all sorts. I, I preached a sermon about uh, Father Damien, um, and I know that's not a text in the Bible, but every, I, I used the regular Christmas narrative text. But but my kind of the MacGuffin in the sermon was about Father Damien who who went to Hawaii and uh, he he preached to the lepers and he ministered to the lepers uh, and he told them Jesus loves you lepers. And then one day he said Jesus loves us lepers because he had contracted leprosy from them. And I kind of used that as sort of the the illustration of how Christ came down, even though he was without sin. He he one day took the the penalty or the actual effects of sin and died. Um, and 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 so I always am trying to outdo myself and yeah. how oddball. And, and then one year I just reset it. You know, I uh, I was just like, okay, I got to do a regular children or a regular Christmas sermon for for uh, the the Christmas Eve service just because. Uh, otherwise it's going to get out of control and, and it started getting a little odder again. And I think this year, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Uh, last year I wound up, uh, talking about the watchtower of the flock and, oh. and this idea that, 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 uh, I found it in a really old commentary, um, from, from like the 18th century, somebody making a, a case that the, uh, the shepherds were out there in the time of year that we think of as Christmas, because the, even though no other shepherds would be out there, they were watching the flock for sacrifice. Hmm. Um, and and I I found it to be really interesting. I didn't get a great response from it. Maybe I kind of botched. <laughs> and I wound up swaddling a Cabbage Patch Kid with like a swaddler. I don't remember <laughs> why, but <laughs> I don't know. And I, I did one on uh, uh, Haggai. Um, and Christmas, uh, I was talking about, uh, the, the vision of the, the Holy spirit coming down the, the Shekinah glory, the presence of God came down, uh, and dwelt, went into the front door of the temple. Yeah. And then later on, uh, I think it's in Ezekiel. There's mm-hmm. the vision of, of the, this the light coming back out, going yes. back up and the heaven. glory leaves. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm talking about on, uh, the, the night when the angels come and sing to the shepherds, this light comes back yeah. and God has come back. And, and, he, and then he goes, God himself goes back into the temple, but this time not as this bright blinding light, but as this little baby, you know, that is totally under the radar. Nobody except for this one crazy old man and this old prophetess even recognizes that oh, it's happening. That's good. Yeah. Um, so I think there's so much about the incarnation. Like people, I, I've known Christians I, I bump shoulders. You don't bump shoulders. I rub shoulders sometimes with <laughs> Puritan-leaning Baptists and stuff, and they're yeah. kind of like, well, why do we make this big deal? It's it's because we want to glorify Mary because it's all rooted in old Catholicism. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's no reason to lift up Christmas time as if it were of great significance. And I'm like, man, the incarnation is of, of unfathomable uh, importance to the Christian faith. Of course we want to lift up Christmas as – you know, people are going to come to church who would never darken the door of a church. Mm-hmm. And if I can use the the Christmas story they've heard to bring them to the point of the gospel and to the foot of the cross, and I don't do it, yeah. man, shame on me. Man, yeah. yeah, love it, Zach. Love it. I, I uh, first of all, I've been jotting down all these ideas because you're helping me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Secondly, I I couldn't agree more. I I um, I mean, to me, that's one of the deficiencies. Can I say that without being shunned by the larger community, but 
of Spurgeon. You know, he was not a big Christmas guy and had yeah. railed on it uh, a bit. Although he does have some great Christmas sermons that you'll see. Yeah, what he would do is the first four paragraphs of them are about how stupid and, and papal it yes. is to even acknowledge this. And then after that, he's like, but since it's a thing, yeah. let me just dominate <laughs> Christmas preaching entirely. You're- you're Although exactly right. Where his whole it was a Christmas was a Sunday. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what 1895, I think. And the whole sermon is basically about if you're going to celebrate Christmas, here's how to do it without sinning. Right. And, right. <laughs> yes. I would that, never preach that one. That's exactly right. I, it's funny that you've um, uh, noticed that because it says Spurgeon's a tricky guy at Christmas for that reason. But yeah, I view it as um, it just seems crazy when you've got. A season of the year, Zach, when when somebody might be inclined to go to church, might be inclined to go to, I don't know, a a, a small group Christmas party if you're having some friends over. It seems crazy. Uh, Christmas Eve, we always do a service, not not because we feel biblically mandated to do it, but we do it because we think it's crazy not to take advantage of what the culture and the time of the year is handing you. Um, it, at least in our day and age and in this part of the world, it, it seems like a uh, no brainer and I love it, man. And the idea of your, you're exactly right. Talking about the incarnation of the son of God, mm-hmm. uh, pretty foundational to our theology, uh, to our life, our hope, um, and worth revisiting and why not revisit it when, when the, the time is right. Um, no, yours are, those are, those are good. Okay. I'm glad that you, you, because normally, I mean, here's. I'm thinking what I've done because I've been at the church that I'm at now for 13 years. Very few people that are here now were here at the beginning. Like Nathan mm-hmm. and I were talking early today yeah. at lunch, and you came, Nathan, in 09, right? Yep. So I think, oh, okay, what did I do in 08? Nathan won't know it. That's right. Um, <laughs> and uh, probably a whole lot of people. But obviously you've got your your gospel data, right? You know, your, your Matthew 1 and 2, your Luke 1 and 2, nothing really in Mark, and then John's theological um, – you know, opening, which has well, some Constantine great stuff. hadn't yet invented the incarnation. Right. The- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, keep in mind, man, Zach has co-written books with Dan Brown, but that's a different, uh, di- different podcast topic. But the, um, you know, there's, uh, there's that data and then your Isaiah seven, your Isaiah nine, your Micah five, you know, and I always think, man, the canon is limited, but it really isn't particularly when you can start going to, Pauline passages, you know, that speak of the, the grace of the Lord Jesus that, uh, you know, uh, or, or, you know, uh, Philippians 2, you know, that made himself nothing. And there's so much there. And then I've done a few topical, Zach. I've done, um, I did one years ago called the foes of Christmas or the mm-hmm. enemies of Christmas. And I, I can't, I think it was like secularism, materialism, and sentimentalism. And I think the sentimentalism is where I railed a little bit as an illustration carefully on the Dickens classic, you know, that we have to be careful. It can, it can kind of get in there with a little Christian veneer and we kind of miss the wonder of God with us. Um, and, Oh guys, guys, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I did two years ago, I did a great one called, um, Oh, good grief. I don't remember what I called it, but it was about St. Nick and St. Nicholas, um, pounding Pelagius in the, in the gob at the council of Nicaea. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and it was basically like uh, people are talking about put get Christ in Christmas, like, you know, put Christ back in Christmas, get rid of Santa. And it was like, no, man, Santa, the original historical figure, yeah. was so interested in making sure we kept the incarnation in our wow. theology that he punched a guy in the face. 
Man. Um, despite being a, a churchman, and, and I had a great riff. It was like I was talking about how we could take that and put it in our, our uh, Christmas cards. And it was like uh, Deck the Heretic. Yeah. <laughs> Seasons Beatings. Um, I don't remember. Just like some that would have pictures of, of, of St. Nick just blasting old stupid Pelagius right off his feet. And, you know, they took him and, like, locked him in the dungeon for the balance of that, uh, that council. And he had to wow. like recant and, and he had to like re earn his position and everything. Oh, that's great stuff. Man. I, I always post those memes that are like, uh, I'm here to, I'm here to give out presents and punch heretics and I'm all out of presents. <laughs> oh, stuff there you go, Christmas man. Time. Uh, that, that, that's a great story that somehow I, I, I only ever heard that. I didn't even learn that in, in seminary. I only ever heard about that like in the last few years. Wow, that's dude. Awesome. Dude, you, thank you, man. <laughs> Zach, this is just, I wish this wasn't going public because now people know where I'm going to get stuff from. Um, can we, can we edit that? Where like I told Zach these things. Is there a way to kind of. Just, just kind of throw, just, throw just mix it up, yeah. mix up the, uh, mix up the voices. We can do that. Oh, good, good. That's, uh, that's something I, I do, Zach. Somebody will give me a great illustration. And then when I'm preaching, like Nathan will tell me something that's great. And I'll say, you know, something I told Nathan the other day. Um, and I view it like it's, you know, and then I see if his heart really is to glorify God. <laughs> if he gets upset, you know, so it's a, it, it's a, uh, As it's your a pastor, weird. you feel it's your duty. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're helping him in his sanctification. And, and, yes. You know, yeah. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm, Makes I'm, sense. I'm the one sharpening him. Uh, no, that's great. So you, in other words, every December or a week or two, or maybe a few weeks before Christmas, is that pretty much your standard fare? You will do a Christmas series? No, I, I, I don't usually do. I actually, the last couple of years, I've, I've been doing some stuff with the church calendar and I'll just preach through whatever the Advent readings are. Uh-huh. Uh, and I save the like full on Christmas thing just for Christmas Eve. Gotcha. Um, we get a lot more people here on Christmas Eve than any other service we have. Sure. A lot of people in the neighborhood and stuff. And so I'm always like, it's got to be, it's, it, I have to break through like the, the whole, I'm just here because this is the thing to do. There are still a few people in our, you know, uh, check the nun box post-Christian world that are like, yeah, I go to, I go to church on Christmas Eve. And so I got to break through that. You got to break through people thinking about, you know, what they're doing after yep. the kids thinking about opening their presents and, and say something that makes them go, huh? And then, and then actually listen. Yeah. And then I got to get in like, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon from Jesus in the main <laughs> to Jesus on the cross yeah. to the empty tomb to yes, ho, 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 have a great Christmas season, but fall on your face and repent of your sins. Yes. Yes. Awesome. You know, it's a great, great Christmas sermon that I listened to a couple years ago and sort of snag parts of, yeah. um, I snag everything and then I just acknowledge, you know, I'll be like, Oh yeah. And I, I heard uh, a few comments about this from RC Sproul, but it was RC yeah. Sproul and I had to buy the thing, which I thought was a little odd. Yeah. Um, but it was about the fullness of time, uh-huh. uh, uh nice. the play Roma, uh, in the Greek of, of time and how Jesus yeah. waited till just like he waited until the fullness of the sins of the Gentiles before he sent Israel in yes. to start uh, conquest. He waited until the fullness of time for Christ to show up during the reign of Quirinius and, and uh, you know, the right type Tiberius and all these people that that uh, or Caesar Augustus, rather, I'm sorry, uh, to be born and uh, how he does everything in the fullness of time. And that just uh, I, I borrowed that little thing from him. Yeah. Uh, in, in his sermon, he talks about how. At midnight, when he was a kid, he would go at, to a late, late service, and right at midnight, the church bells would ring, and wherever the pastor was in his standard same sermon that he would preach, he'd stop. 
and say it's Christmas, and and uh, it was it was kind of a really feel good kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And nice. I I snagged it, and I just used the whole fullness of time to just talk about how you're here right yeah. now in the fullness of time, hearing this gospel message and stuff. And you know, I try try not to get Phineastic and and altar callie, but every yeah. once in a while, I'll I'll Billy Graham it up and say you might not have another moment like this when you hear the gospel and somebody's up here saying now's the time to to turn from your sin yes. and cling to the cross. Um, and, and Christmas is, I mean, people are afraid to do that on Christmas and I don't know why, like, yeah. I don't care if I offend the people that I'm never going to see uh, absolutely, I don't offend man. Christ, you know, by not proclaiming this. So yes. yeah. all right, that's all of them. I don't have any more to, to, to no, pre- dude, that's good. I actually, that's the one we overlap on. I, I did yep. maybe three years ago, yep. the, the full, uh, the fullness of time. I sort of did it. I kind of took, to be honest, some old seminary notes and thought, can this work? And so first week in, uh, in December, I kind of did. Um, I kind of did the Greek preparation, or no, the Jewish preparation, um, where the takeaway is, man, you know, by the time Jesus comes, there's basically a synagogue everywhere in the known world. Uh, mm, so there's, yeah. a, there's always a place to go to. And yeah, I did the whole, you know, diaspora, the, the Jews spread out thing. And then, uh, the Greek preparation. And I mm-hmm. talked a lot about Alexander the Great mm-hmm. and how unified yeah. the, uh, you know, world in terms of its language. So kind of like how English is today in so many countries, mm-hmm. there's kind of a, uh, a verbal currency you can always tap yeah. into. And then the, um, what was the, the last one was the Roman preparation Roman, yep. and, and the, the whole Pax Romana, and, the yep. roads. And mm-hmm. uh, so it was kind of a way to do a little history thing. And also the thing that stood out to me was, again, that odd revelation you have all the time that if I were God, which is a terrifying thought, um, what would I have done? And you think, man, I mean, he could have sent Jesus into the world when there was Twitter and Facebook and mm-hmm. CNN and and cameras on every street corner and and uh, you know, we could tune in to you know the news every night and see Jesus walking on the Sea of Galilee, but uh, in his wisdom he did it at that moment in time, mm-hmm. uh, and that he had set the stage. So it was it was kind of um, I like that because it was a Christmas series that didn't feel Christmassy. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah. not that there's anything wrong. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and then I don't know what I did for – normally Christmas Eve I think is where I stumbled on that one because I'm like, okay, how do I take all three of these and kind of – so I more or less Usually summarize you do, it. yeah, a summary or an overview because one year you did um, the problem with Maria or Mary, right? Oh, yeah. How do you solve yeah, a problem like – yeah, yeah. Mary, uh, Mary. Yeah, and that's the uh, – which I like to do because in our state um, – here in Maryland, Zach, you know, it was a Catholic colony, uh, you know, and it's, uh, I mean, virtually everybody you meet is Roman Catholic. By, if you ever read by the, the, uh, my book, Playing Saint, that, that actually factors in Baltimore, oh, Maryland. And yeah, yeah, there you go. See? Well, I mean, wh- I mean, what do you mean, Zach, if I ever read it? <laughs> I'm confused by that. I've, I've read it multiple times. <laughs> See, more reason to read it. But that one I found, it's just almost better to identify the elephant in the room. And say, hey, I know uh, a number of you are, are Catholic or have Catholic background, and mm-hmm. I'm always careful about it. I say, I, I didn't. I was like the only kid, even though I was in an agnostic home, that had no Catholicism influence at all in, in my life. So I feel like I can talk about it with a little bit of, uh, you know, street credit, term <laughs> again, or sensitivity um, as an outsider. Uh, but I just found it's easier to put it out there. And, you know, what do we do with Mary at Christmas? Um, so yeah, you got me pumped here, man. Of course, I'm already in the middle of a Christmas series, right, Nathan? Because that's right. <laughs> it's December today. Yeah, yeah. This is it's it's only like what uh, 15 shopping days left. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. Good. That, that song is such a date rape song. It, that it is. is also <laughs> There's the last song we should hit. You're right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that is a. Uh... Dude, I'll tell you what. This is the only time that my wife. My wife is a very introverted person. Um, except one on one, one on one, she you know she can really get involved with people and get into their lives and things like that. But in a public setting, never. And I was working my first year working at a Christian school. They were doing their typical Christmas chapel thing, yeah. and this group these this group of girls wanted to sing this song, and they got approval from the administration and everything. Oh, no. And they start singing it, and and I'll tell you what, my wife is so great. Like I told her, I was like, look. I'm either going to stand up and stop this or they're going to stop this. She's like, I don't want you doing anything. You're going to embarrass me. Do not do it. <laughs> so I just decided, all right, I, for, for your sake, I will get up and leave the room. So I leave the room and then um, come back out. And then uh, I guess it was about two hours later, found out she was just really upset. And I'm, what's going on? She ended up standing up and stopping the no entire way thing saying, you know what? The purpose of this chapel is to bring honor and glory to God. And you are totally defeating what you were doing in that song. They did baby. It's cold outside. Yes. In, in a yes. school chapel. Yes. That's awful. Yes. And so, you know, t- she, she is so amazing. She just stood up wow. and said, we are not doing this. I don't care if I have, if I'm going to lose my job over this because they got permission from the administration to do that. Dude, they couldn't have read the lyrics because isn't there a, a Oh yeah. doesn't the girl in there actually yeah. say what's in this drink? Yeah. <laughs> and, and she just she stopped Have a, a Cosby and, Christmas, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, it's it's terrible. Wow, I know. That's I know. incredible. This is but this is where we are in the church in some places in terms oh, yeah. of just losing it. Yeah. You know? Well, there's that freaking Hillsong thing you guys saw last year with the like, sexy silent night. Yes. Yes. Like the world was that about. I saw that. That was going around uh, YouTube for a while. and so That was bizarre. Yeah. That was really, yeah. really bizarre. Uh, they did that just for Chris Rosebro so he'd have something to put on his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You gave him a little money, and they're like, "All right, we'll throw a sexy Silent Night in there." Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah, man, that's when Silent Night is sexy. That's man, yeah, that's a little, that's a little weird. You know, nothing sexier to giving birth. You know, I mean, <laughs> we've all right. we've all been there. That's right. So, uh, it's just, <laughs> such a scintillating moment there—the writhing in agony uh, of birth. Man, oh, incredible, dude! I never knew that, dude. Yeah, good story. That'll yeah. preach. All right. Zach, thank you so much, and thank you for uh, for running over with us. This has been so great. Really, blast, just love man. having you on. Uh, this is over. This is how long me and Ted go now because we only do like every other week. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and we just sit there and gab like a couple of hints. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good. awesome. So yeah, we uh, we're gonna go ahead and sign off. Greg, Zach, we just rocked the Casbah. Ladies and gentlemen, you just finished listening to Zach Bartles talking about Christmas. Uh, great time talking with him about Christmas traditions and then Christmas sermons toward the end. Uh, really appreciate the time and effort he took to come out here and just uh, do this with us. Such a fun time. Want to make the announcement from last week's podcast that we had with Elise Fitzpatrick, the winners. Uh, winner, first winner, Chris Cummings. Thank you for tweeting that out, retweeting that. Uh, Chris Cummings. Our second winner is Brian uh Karangaga, Brian Karangaga, um, second winner, and then our third winner, Bob Blandenbergo. 
Bob Blandenberg. Thanks, guys, for uh, for hanging with us. Thanks for retweeting all that. We had uh, several people retweets. We didn't have anyone who um, did our iTunes review, so nobody won from the iTunes review, but we did have several retweets, so we appreciate that. Um, remember, we're going to be doing one for Zach Bartles, so we're going to be giving away his new Christmas books. Um, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to do three of those as well. So if you do an iTunes review, remember, you can do more than one. So if you've done one in the past and you want to do another one, maybe the one you've done before was a negative one. So maybe now, uh, having listened to more, you want to do a positive one. Maybe it was a positive one. Maybe you want to do a negative one. Um, those iTunes reviews just really help us out, gets us higher on the listening charts so people can find us easier. So we are going to do three giveaways for iTunes reviews for Zach Bartle's new book. Also, quick shout out to Mission Aware. Don't forget, you can pick up the pint glasses in the set that we are doing with Happy Rant, Reform Pubcast, and Mission Aware. All four pint glasses in one set. Really awesome. Has our logo on it. You can also pick up one with our logo separately. So shout out to Mission Aware. Also, don't forget to check out their the other stuff that they have on the store. Last week we highlighted the Bistro Cups that they have. Great, nice, big coffee mugs for you. This week just want to highlight some of the t-shirts that they have. I mean, these are great. These aren't like, you know, the cheesy 80s t-shirts that you see out there. These are awesome reform t-shirts that have quotes from Spurgeon, quotes from St. Augustine, quotes from all sorts of great heroes of the faith on there just written out um, and really done well. I mean, these things are just, these are rocking t-shirts. So don't forget, check them out for all your Christmas giving needs. And uh, we look forward to checking you out next week. Catch you later. Bye. These go to 11.